Isn't that a great song? This time while we were singing it, I just imagined Jesus in that, in that refrain, just going, oh, like while he was here. Can you imagine Jesus going, oh, can you see it? Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Like Jesus was walking on the planet. And remember, we just did this whole series about good news. And Jesus said, the good news is that the kingdom of God is here. And he ushered in the very kingdom that every human being can't wait to get to, heaven. We all can't wait to get there. And Jesus is like, can you see it? Can you feel it? Can you hear it? It's here. Jesus Christ brought heaven to earth. Isn't it not cool? That's what's real, you guys. That's our good news that we get to share. And we went through this whole thing. That's why Jesus came, right? So that he could reconcile us back to God. So we, that's because that's what it is. It's God's presence, the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then filling us with his love and his joy and his peace and his freedom. And the other thing that happens when the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus says, when you receive the Holy Spirit, when God gets inside of you, then you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. That's what'll happen because God's living inside of us. So Beggy, I just wanna say thank you. Thank you so much for what you do and for your service to your country, your service to us. And we're so, so honored to be partners with you. You guys give it up again just for Beggy. We're so grateful. For what for that. And I, I also, uh, you guys, this is Greg Mullins. Greg, would you raise your hand real high? So Greg is also on staff with Adventures in Mission. And uh, he is actually the one who oversees our child sponsorship, with which many of us do, and the partnership with churches. So both of you, thank you so much for being here this weekend. Really, really grateful. All right. So God's whole plan through Jesus Christ, this is crazy was that he was gonna unify a group of people. He goes, I'm gonna reconcile pe- people back to God. I'm gonna fill them with my spirit. And when I do that, they're gonna form this thing called the church. <laughs> this was God's whole plan, was to create this group of people, which is what we're a part of, this church. And then through this church, through people who actually have my spirit inside of them, I'm gonna empower them to go out into the world and bring my kingdom and to the goodness You guys, did you guys know that God wants nothing more than to bless the world? Do you guys know that that's what God wants to do is bless people's lives? I just feel like sometimes I feel like you, the Christians, man, some people just, we get such a bad rap because some people look at Christians in the church, they go, man, all you want to do is condemn people. All you want to do is judge people. And Jesus point Blake, the great verse, God so loved the world that he gave his one one and only son And then he says, not to condemn the world, to save the world, to bless the world. You guys, the church right now, if we're doing our job, then the world should actually feel blessed. Oh, God help us. God help the church. This is what he said in Genesis chapter 12, when God was going to create a group of people, the Israelites, he told Abraham this, he said, I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. 
Now, what he was ultimately talking about was he knew that Jesus Christ was going to be born from his seed. And Jesus was going to be the one who could bless the whole world. But then Jesus has this crazy, well, God had this crazy plan. He's like, but the way I'm going to do that is Jesus is going to live in you. John, he's going to live in you. Is that pretty cool? Lisa, he's going to live in you, right? How cool is that? Mike, he's living in you. Tony, living in you. I mean, (laughs) Jesus is like, hey, can I get in all of you so I can go bless the world? Can I bless your neighbors and your coworkers and your family and people who hate the living daylights out of you? Can I just live in you? Because I want to bless the world. So in 2 Corinthians 5.14, it says that Christ's love for this world compels us. It's Christ's love and his desire to want to bless every human being that actually moves us and it compels us. Why? It says, because we are convinced that one died for for all. Every person on this planet is supposed to know that God loves them. Every person on this planet was created to be reconciled back to God. And you and I have the good news. You and I have the answer. And we're the ones he called to do it. So, we're in this series right now, uh, and there it is. Uh, I don't know if we have it. Um, sharing your faith for dummies is what it's supposed to be, all right? And so there it is, sharing your faith for dummies, and we're just trying to get super practical, okay? So today, every one of you guys needs one of these. If you, don't, if you, if you don't, didn't get one of these cards, would you please raise your hand? Because without this, you aren't going to be able to, to, uh, to join us in what we're doing today. Yeah, just keep those hands raised. Kip and Angie will be walking by. And uh, in fact, maybe if somebody else wants to grab, we got a lot of people who didn't get these. Could somebody else grab a stack from Kip and Angie and, and help pass those out? That'd be great. Um, because, and you also need a pen. <laughs> Because what we did is we have, we have actually created something today that we want you to be able to take home with you. Stick this thing on refrigerator, put it in your bathroom mirror, wherever you're gonna be able to look at it and see it over and over again. And, um, and we actually did a series about a year and a half ago called Bless. And I'm going to kind of unpack that again. It's gonna be a little bit of review for some of you. But I know some churches, there are some movements. This was so cool when we, when we came upon this idea of blessing the world. We found out there are whole movements that this is their whole strategy for how they're changing their city, is they're just blessing their city. So they hit this over and over and over again to make sure we know what we're doing. All right? So Jesus said this, if you hear my word and you don't put it into practice, you're a... He says, the foolish guy does that. He goes, if you don't put my word into practice, then, then the troubles of life come and your, your house just crashes, your life just crashes. But if you hear my word, and I'm gonna share some word today, if you hear my word and you put it into practice, you're the person who builds your house on the rock. So that's what this is, man. This is gonna be super practical, practical practice. Thanks for laughing, honey. I appreciate your support. <laughs> All right, so, because here's what I know. I I know this, okay? If you are truly a follower of Jesus, and that, that only happens because his spirit is living inside of you, here's what I know. You can't have the spirit of God inside of you and not want to help people around you, amen? But, but, but isn't it hard? 
It's just hard. And so sometimes, thanks, Randy, <laughs> but it is sometimes hard, okay? And so, so sometimes a part of our problem is we need to be intentional about this because we can have all the good intentions, like, oh, I want to bless people this week, and then we just get busy, and we don't even know what we're doing. We don't have a plan, okay? We're going to walk out of here today, and every single one of us is going to have a plan and how we can bless people, okay? So the first thing you see here is a frank or franc list. And I want you, and, and the first thing I want to do, we're just going to write down five names of people that you want to bless. Five names of people who maybe that you know right now who are not yet reconciled to God, who don't know his love personally yet. And you in your heart would want nothing more than these people to know him. Okay? Now, you don't have to follow this perfectly, but I, I just appreciate this. The F obviously is for a friend. I'm sure there's not, there's, there, probably every one of us in here has a friend, somebody who we love that right now isn't, it doesn't know, know Christ and is not in relationship with God. So go ahead and write their name in, okay? The second one is a relative. <laughs> that could be uh, anybody who's a relative. That's all I need to say about that one. <laughs> the acquaintance, I love the fact they put that in there because sometimes there's just somebody who's like, well, you know, what about Joe? He's not any of these things, right? This could be the guy you stand on the soccer field with. <laughs> soccer dads, soccer moms. This could be anybody who's in a recreation league with you, but just somebody who's an acquaintance. And then your neighbor. Do you have somebody you actually live by that you actually would love for them to run in and to know Jesus? And then the C is a great one, a coworker. <laughs> Isn't it crazy, man? The coworkers are probably the people we spend the most of our time with. 40 to 50 hours every week, we get to rub shoulders with a coworker. And who would that be? So go ahead. And, if, and again, if you have somebody else that doesn't fit one of these five, don't, you know, it's not just some legalistic thing. This is just a guide. But I would love for you to write down five names of people that you want to bless. And if you're struggling with that a little bit, then just pray and ask God to, to stir your heart on that. All right. And once you have this list, the B for bless, is that you begin with prayer. The first thing we do with these five people is we begin with prayer. I'm gonna say the first thing that you should pray for, you guys, is yourself, <laughs> okay? The first thing you should pray for is yourself because some of us in this room, we might not be fishing for people at all. Like maybe the truth is, God, I'm scared. I'm intimidated. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm nervous, for whatever it is. But at this point right now, you just need to say, God, would you please stir my heart? Okay, I'm gonna give you three quick things I pray for. I pray for God to give me his eyes that I could see people the way he sees them. I tell you this, man, God is crazy about every person you wrote down. God, give me your eyes. Please help me to see these people the way that you see them. And then secondly, give me your heart. Give me your heart. Because, and this is where we can just be honest. Sometimes we're just so human and we're just so selfish. And the truth is we're so scared because this is hard to say, but I have to say this to myself sometimes. Dave, the truth is 
You love and you're more concerned about yourself than you are these people. I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be disliked. I don't want to, I, I, I. Well, guess what? God's heart is bleeding for these people. And if he could actually give us his heart through the power of the Holy Spirit, then I think we would, we would actually sense that compassion that he has for them. So God, give me your eyes, give me your heart. And the third one is then give me your love. Give me your love. You guys, because what do we know about God? This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's what love is. And if right now you are finding, I don't have the power to lay down my life, even for these people that I love, my friends, my relatives, my coworkers, my neighbors, God, I need your love that would go to a cross, that would suffer and that would lay down my life for somebody else. Please, you guys know, right? Perfect love does what? It drives out fear. So if you're afraid to share this with, these, with the good news that could bring someone life and joy and peace, we're so human, oh, I just don't know, then get God's love, all right? So pray for yourself, those three things. Secondly, pray for interactions. Pray for, oppor- or if you want to put it this way, pray for opportunities. God, give me opportunities. Maybe it's in the lunchroom. Maybe it's while you're walking your street. Maybe sometimes I'll just pray because I know I'm going to be hanging out with somebody for a couple hours. And I'll just go, God, would you help guide the conversation? (laughs) You know, would you help it go a certain way and then give me sensitivity to be able to know that you're there? And then I also pray, God, would you give me favor? Would you actually give me favor with my neighbors? Favor with my coworkers? Favor with certain people? So that we can, so that there's connection that can happen. All right? So pray for yourself, pray for opportunities. And then on your sheet are four scriptures that I pray every time I'm praying for somebody to come to know Jesus. Okay? These are four prayers. I've, I've, these, they're, and here's what's cool, you guys. You can know these are in line with Jesus because it's scripture. <laughs> okay? Here's the first one Father, and I'll just put John in there, okay? but you can put your your people in here. Father, please draw John to Jesus. What does Jesus say in John 14, 6? He says, no one comes to me unless the Father draws them. Well, if that's true, then what should we be praying? (laughs) Father, draw them to Jesus. You don't draw them to Jesus. I don't draw them to Jesus. The Father draws them to Jesus. So pray and ask God to do that. God, do in the heart of my friend something that I can't do, that they can't even do. They can't even come to Jesus unless the Father draws them. So we pray that. Here's the second one. God, send your spirit to convict John of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Oh, you guys, this is is this good news that it's not your job to convict convict somebody of their sin, righteousness, and judgment? (laughs) Again, the church has unfortunately been really good at that. And the world's not that interested. You can't do it. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict someone, to to actually help their heart to come to a conviction of what sin really is. Now, that doesn't mean we we don't state what sin is. We do. God says, you need to share the truth. This is light. This is darkness. We can share those things. But then it's the Spirit's job to convict. 
I think that's where the church gets judgmental in, in its way. And that's not what we should be doing. But it's his job to convict them of sin, of what righteousness is, and of what judgment is. That's God's job. So man, pray for the Holy Spirit to do that. Come on, man. There's not any of us in this room who didn't become a Christian without something stern inside of you where you knew something was wrong, right? That's what happened. That was the Spirit inside of you. So pray for the Spirit to do that. Father, draw them to Jesus. Send your Spirit to convict. The third one, God, please rescue John from the dominion of darkness. Colossians 1.13. It's a great testimony. It is God who rescues us from the dominion of darkness and transfers us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. Come on, you guys, just remember this. Please, we should never be getting frustrated with people who can't get God. Nobody gets God. Nobody figures it out. Nobody cleans up their act, praise God. Nobody does that. They get rescued. <laughs> they get rescued. <laughs> so man, the, the, see again, this is why we can just bring the good news and we don't have to get all frustrated at people. We just need to pray and say, God, rescue this friend of mine, my neighbor, the one I love from the dominion of darkness. Ask God to do it. And the last one, God, make your, this, I love this one. God, make your light shine in John's heart so that he can see the light of your glory in the face of Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, man, this one hit me a few years ago. I, I love to pray this for people. This was Paul's testimony. He said, God, who made light shine out of darkness. God made his light shine in my heart so I could see the light of his glory in the face of Christ. Who did all that? Who did all that? God did that. Paul didn't study the scriptures and figure it out. No, when he was studying the scriptures as a Pharisee, he was totally blind to it. God had to come and shine his light into his heart. And man, so let's pray that God will do the same thing for these people we love. Got it? You begin with prayer. Prayer for yourself to have his eyes, his heart, and his love, praying for opportunities, and then praying for God to do his work. All right, that's your B. So now you have that, and you can stick this on the refrigerator, you can stick it on your mirror, put it wherever you want, and there's your prayers right there from Scripture. The L is listen with care. Once we pray, then we listen with care. I love some of these scriptures. James 1.19 says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. This is great advice on how on how to bless somebody and be a conduit for them to come to know Jesus. Be quick to listen. You know why? Because listen shows respect. Listening shows respect. Come on, man. How many of you like somebody else coming at you with their faith and they don't give a rip about what you think and they just want to tell you what you should believe? How many of you go, oh, tell me more? No. You're like, you don't even care about me. But just Christians, sometimes we think, well, I got the right answer. Well, they think they have the right answer too. So we need to listen because when you listen, it shows respect. Because that's what you want. I want someone to actually respect who I am. I want you to respect what I believe. I find that I'll be much more open <laughs> if you'll just respect me. 
So we got to listen for that. There's two types of listening, by the way. There's listening to understand, and there's listening to respond. <laughs> okay? Don't sit there and listen like, because I can't wait till you get over it so I can tell you what's really right. Don't listen that way. Listen to actually understand. This is respect for the other person. I love this. Proverbs 18.2 says, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but they, de- but they delight in airing their own opinions. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people, could, a lot of followers of Christ need to read Proverbs. <laughs> Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but they delight in airing their own opinions. No, man, listen and respect. I can tell you, man, there, there, there's nothing that helps me, okay? And I think this is true for all of us. There's nothing that helps me respect someone more than when I hear their story. You guys, every one of us got to where we are because we have a story. One of the best things you could do is ask someone to tell you their story. I bet you any money, by the time you're done, you'll be like, wow, I had no idea. Now you'll understand why they are where they are You'll understand why they believe what they believe, and you'll be able to respect them, okay? I think you make judgments of others when you don't have any understanding of them, okay? So listen with care. If you listen to understand, it shows respect. So, all right? So that, here's the second thing. Listening shows value. Listening shows value. I, I, I'm just being totally honest with you guys. It is fascinating, okay? Y'all pay attention next time you're at a dinner party or you're hanging out with somebody. It's fascinating to me how few people ask any questions. Almost everybody, everybody's like, everybody likes to talk and nobody hardly asks any questions. Well, if you're in a situation, right? And I think I've shared this before. I've sat down with, with people before and I literally have said maybe two words the whole time. And they just talk, if they just talk the whole time. Well, what does that, what kind of value does that show the other person? If all you're gonna do is you've got the answers, you've got the right things. And so the person walks away and they go, you don't even care about me. But when Philippians 2 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Oh man, when you hang out with people, be more interested in them. Be interested in them. How do I do that? You ask questions. Just ask questions. I tell you, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm trying to get better at this. My brother-in-law is so good at this. Every time I'm with him, I want to be like, okay, how'd you do that? How'd you ask those questions? How do you make it about the other person all the time? That's the wisdom that comes from heaven. Listening shows respect. It shows value. And also listening will show you how to love. Okay? Instead of us coming in, well, here's what I'm going to do. Once you get to know somebody and you've listened to their story, you understand what they care about. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, you know what? Now I'll know how to love. Look at what Proverbs 18, 13 says. Answering before listening is both stupid and rude. Okay, that is the message version, but I thought it was pretty good. Answering before listening 
is both stupid and rude. So many times, guys, we're just, we're, we feel like we know what's right, we know what's best. And instead, if you've listened, it's like, oh, now I know. I've listened, I know you, and now I can answer. And I can do it in a way that cares about you. All right? So ask questions. Well, I actually put on here some questions. They're on, um, they're on the back, ask questions. So discover their story, where they're from, how they got to where they are, and what they do. Now, while you're listening, then you try to find some common ground and interject appropriately into the conversation. This is one of the best things you can do is, is oh my gosh, there's a connecting point. Now we have something we share. And so you make those connecting points. And then the biggest thing, you guys, is then ask follow-up questions. Come up with some follow-up. If you're listening, something they probably said intrigued you, and then ask another question about that. I put down two that I found as I was studying this last time, that are really helpful. The first one is, what are you most excited about? So if you've, if you've asked questions and you've been listening to them, did they talk about their kids a lot? Did they talk about their job a lot? Did they talk about some, what their favorite thing to do recreation-wise is? What, what did they talk about? Do a follow-up question and say, hey, man, that's so cool. What are you most excited about with your kids? What are you most excited about with your job? Find out what, what, what energizes them. And then... This last one is, and what's some of the biggest challenges you face with that? So now you're looking at, you're, you're finding out, hey, this is what they love and we're excited about. But then you're also going, man, so what? Man, that must be really difficult. I'm sure everything that people love to be a part of, there's always something that's tough about it too. So find out about that. Those are good follow-up questions. All right, there we go. Begin with prayer and then listen. And my favorite one, Eat. Eat together. I tell you, I, I, this one guy said, if you're seeking to follow Jesus, which we are, ask you, what, he, what did he do during his time on earth? If I'm gonna look like Jesus. And he taught, he healed, he did miracles, he prayed, he walked on water. Okay, let's try that one. He died on the cross, he resurrected. And then the guy said, did you ever think that part of how Jesus saved the world was by eating. Part of the way Jesus saved the world was by eating. He was always eating with people. Why? I shared this last week. Because in that culture, when you ate with somebody, you showed them value. That's what you did. You said, I associate myself with you. I identify myself with you. It's a really powerful thing. Not only in that culture, it was huge like that, but it's the same thing with our culture. You guys, if you give an invitation to someone to come over to your house for dinner, okay? Or let's, let's put this, if you get invited to somebody's house, what does it do? It tells you they, at the base level, somebody's been thinking about you. If I give you an invitation, then you know this, man. I've been thinking about you. You're on someone's mind if they give you an invitation. Here's the second thing. They want to be with you. That's what it's saying. I invite you to my home. That means I want you to be with me. See, now all of a sudden, there's value that's being, that, that, that's being given just by the invitation. It's saying you're desired and you're wanted and you're valued. And it's an invitation I want you to share in my life. Man, I tell you, it's huge. I, I remember we did a message here on hospitality, even with each other. How few people 
invite other people into their home. And it's such a blessing if you do that. An invitation shows value. And so um, Alan Hirsch and Lance Ford, they said this, sharing meals together on a regular basis is one of the most sacred practices we can engage in as believers. Missional hospitality is a tremendous opportunity to extend the kingdom of God. We can literally eat our way into the kingdom of God. Amen. If every Christian household regularly invited a stranger or a poor person into their home for a meal once a week, we would literally change the world by eating. Hey, eat together. Show someone you're thinking about them, that you want to be with them, and that they're valuable to you. And one of the best ways you can do that is invite them into your home. So I'd love for you to think about who could you invite over for dinner in the next week or two? I guess as it could be someone from your front list. Take a minute right now. Take 30 seconds right now. Who is it that you're gonna invite? Don't just hear the word. Let's do it. Who's the person you're gonna invite to your home? Have them over for dinner. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Are you saying I'm not saved? <laughs> awesome. I tell you what, man, you guys, are gonna, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. You're going to really bless somebody by doing that. And here's the last one, is then you serve with love. You serve with love. Here, there's a really good chance. Once you've spent time with somebody, you've asked questions, you've listened well, You've ate so much good conversation happening around the table. Eventually, you're probably going to find out, hey, here's something that I could actually do for them, right? Susan and I had some really wonderful neighbors that we had over for dinner. And man, they had, what well, I think at that time, Susan were probably three and one, right, age-wise. They, they had two kids that were like three and one. I, I couldn't figure out anything that those parents needed. Okay, that was supposed to be funny, does anybody ever had a three and a one-year-old? <laughs> and, um, and they were kind of distant with their family and stuff. And it was like, okay, then what could we do? We could provide a date night for them. That's just something, it's like right there. It's like, what are they doing in their life? How can you serve them? Can you help them around the house? What do you do well that maybe you heard and listened? Uh, Jesus, you guys, in Matthew 20, makes it so clear. <laughs> Everybody, his disciples, I love this. They hang out with him for three years and they're like, okay, so who's the greatest, Right? <laughs> And Jesus is like, oh, guys, you know, the leaders of the world, they, they lord it over. And then he says this, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The greatest in the kingdom of God in heaven is the person who serves. So, B, begin with prayer. L, listen, ask questions, and listen intently. E, invite someone over and eat together. And then S, serve them. Think of their interests, put them above yourself, and find a way to bless them, okay? Now, the next two weeks, because there's two S's in bless, right? The next two weeks is then, then 
Once you've lived the kingdom, by the way, you guys, this is what Jesus did. He did nothing on his own. He was always in prayer. He was always in prayer with the Father. He knew who he was supposed to meet with, who he was supposed to eat with, who he was supposed to share with. He was always in constant prayer. He was praying. Jesus listened. You guys know that, right? You guys know every time Jesus, uh, somebody would ask him a question, he'd never give him an answer. It's the funniest thing. He was always asking questions. He was always looking to draw out and understand and help people understand where they were. He's always eaten, and he didn't come to be served. He came to serve. It's a great way to bless the world. And then once you've lived the kingdom by being a witness, the last S is then you share. Then you share, okay? Next week, we're gonna talk about the first thing and we're gonna actually practice it in here. It's gonna be super cool about sharing your story. You have a story. One of the coolest things in the world, you guys, is even people who won't, don't believe in God, don't believe in Jesus, are, are just ugh, with the church, no person will actually deny your story. So we're going to work on how you share your story because you're a witness. And then the second week after that, we're going to figure out how do I share the good news? <laughs> how do I actually, if I get to the point where they actually want to know about Jesus and about what I believe, how do I actually share it? All right? So everybody got your card? Filled out? People you love? People Jesus loves? And he's going to work in you, live in you, and love through you, and bless people through you. And you're going to love it too. That's what we were created for, all right? Let me pray a blessing on you before we go. Father, thank you for loving the world. God, each one of us in here who know you, we're just so grateful. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for desiring to bless the world through Jesus. And now, Jesus, you want to bless the world through us. God, I pray for every one of us in this room that we would take to heart what the calling that you've given us, the church created to be a blessing to the world. Lord, I want to lift up every name that people wrote down, people they love, people they care about, and they're people you love and that you care about. Lord, please hear our prayers. Hear our prayers. Draw people, convict people, rescue people, shine your light. Oh God, shine your light in their hearts. And help us, God, to reach out, to initiate, to be intentional, to listen well, to invite, to eat together, to serve. Help us live by the power of the Spirit, like you lived while you were on earth, so that when the opportunity comes and people ask us for the reason, for the hope that we have, we'll be ready to share with gentleness and respect. Lord, I pray your blessing on us as we go out these other 167 hours surrounded by people you love. Help us to be a blessing to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Remember, guys, youth ministry kicking off tomorrow night. Um, so get your kids there for that. And um, God bless you guys. Have a good evening. Let's go out and share God's love to the world.